Porter City presents 21 Days Prayer and Fasting. Theme, Passover and Freedom. Date, 30th May to 19th June 2022. Host, God's Anointed Servant, Prophet Nana Seyopokusakode. If you study the Bible carefully from the time Jesus Christ died, was buried, and he triumphantly rose on the third day. Then it talks about the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the triumphant resurrection of Christ, and ascending to heaven. Now, when he was going to heaven, the disciples saw him go to heaven. The Bible said they were there, and the cloud lifted him out of their sight. And when he was going, one of the strong things he told them was that they should tally at Jerusalem, they shouldn't move anywhere until they will be endowed with power from above. From that point, the move of God started. When we study church history, the disciples really stirred up revival. The Bible says when they stood before the Sahindri, the Sahindri told them that you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Such a way that every other thing was just somewhere at the back. Then church history brings us to different moves. It means that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, one of the common ones that happened was 100 years ago at Azusa Revival in California where it birthed a lot of the Pentecostals. Assemblies of God, Church of God of Nations and other charismatic churches also came in. Now in our time, there is a move. After coronavirus, you could see that God has sparked off a certain prayer line. That there is hunger for prayer. Everybody desires to pray. And uh, once you see God's stellar prayer, it means that he's about to bet another move. Pray that you'll be part of that move. But then, as I study carefully, I realize that there is a place you can be very frustrated in prayer. And the frustration in prayer comes when the prayers are not answered. And we are not under obligation. God, let me put it this way. God is not under obligation to answer our prayer because we are praying. We have to answer our prayer because we are praying based on authority on his word and also in faith. Amen. This is what makes his word. That means that if you see a lot of people praying like this, the faith message must also go in line with the prayer move. Amen? Because you can pray and not believe in your prayer. Now, when you look at the book of Mark chapter 11, verse number 22, 23, 24, Jesus came out to one of the major principles about faith. By the way, how many of you want to please God? Everybody's hands is up. But when I ask you, what must you do to please God? Chances are that some of you are going to talk about the fact that I must stop living in sin. Um, I must not fornicate. I must make sure that I don't step on an ant. If I see a cockroach in my house, because of holiness, I should even feed the cockroach and not make sure that I kill all the mouse because uh, most of the religious mindset. But the only way to please God is to have, walk by faith. You see? See the way you are quiet. I say the only way to please God. If you want to please God, go to the Bible and find out what the Bible says you must do to please God. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to do what? So the only way to please God is to walk by faith. 
I just give you one answer. Because of your attitude, I won't add more. Amen. So, when you take faith out of Christianity, you become very frustrated. Because the God who are serving, you don't see. Now, let me tell you the difference between the apostles and us. There are 12 apostles and the 70 people who work with Jesus Christ. Their relationship with Jesus Christ is based on what they see. They saw Jesus. They ate with him. They, in fact, he washed their feet. So when it comes to Peter, James, and John, that is why when you see the way John writes in the book of 1 John, he said that what we have seen with our eyes and what our hands have touched, that is what we testify. But we are you. The Jesus we are serving, we have not seen. Hmm? It means that you need faith more than Peter. That is why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by what? Faith. Because the God who are praying to you, you have not seen him. The God who wants him to heal you, he has not, you have not seen You have never seen that God. But the Bible says you just have to believe that he exists. He said that he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are you getting a point now? So if you don't see the God you are serving, then you have to believe him to get what you need from him. Amen. And that is what I'm trying to So one day Jesus Christ was working with the disciples. The background of this story is that there was a fig tree. Now Matthew recorded it in a different way. Mark recorded it in a different way. But we are stepping with the one in Mark. So they were moving from Jerusalem to Bethany. And Jesus saw a fig tree. And he went there if he can find fruit. He couldn't. And he cursed the tree. When he cursed the tree, the Bible said they went to Bethany when they were coming but the disciples saw that the tree is dry because he came out and said that no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever and the disciples heard it so when they were coming but when you go home read it they saw that the tree was dried up to the root now when you go back a little bit to verse number 20 you notice what I'm talking about verse 20 said that um, now in the morning as they passed by they saw that the tree the fig tree dried up from the roots. That is even another debatable question. How did they even know that? Because when the tree is standing, you can't see the root. Do you know that? Well, it's another message. I don't want to confuse you. When you see a tree, do you see the root? But the Bible says they saw that it dried out from the root. You can see that the leaves are dried, but what about the root? But the reason they say that is that if the leaves are dry, then the root is also dry. It's a very simple thing. The root, the leaves cannot dry unless the root dried up. So, the, the, what affects the leaves is as a result of what has affected the root. So, if your foundation is wrong, your superstructure will be wrong. I'm already teaching. Amen. If the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw that the tree is dried up from the root. And I watch this. And then, Peter calling to remembrance and said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you curse is withered. So probably they concluded that when Jesus said that no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, it was a curse. And they had it, but nothing happened. When they came by, they saw that, bam, the tree was dry. Then he came up to one of the major principles of the kingdom for faith and prayer. I mean, nothing can be compared to that. Then Jesus said unto them, have faith in God. It means everything is going to talk about, is going to lie and centered around that principle. Then he said, it means I curse the tree the tree dried up to teach you a lesson about faith. Then he came to so he said, have faith in God. In fact, when you go to the original Greek translation, he put it this way, have the God kind of faith. It means that 
you can have a certain faith, but not the God kind. The God kind of faith must only be based on the authority of God's word. Oh. If this brother is a millionaire and he promises me that will prof, I want to buy you a BMW. And then, I believe. I believe based on the father, I know he has money. And I know that he's going to do it. Are you getting it? So it's a kind of faith, but it's based on the knowledge of the father. I have an idea that he has money. Amen? But the thing about it is that man can promise you, but man will not be there to fulfill it. I'm teaching. Are you, are you alive with the picture? So all the prayer we are praying, kaye, 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 kaye. If you don't pick the principle I'm, 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 I'm going to give to you, at a point you'll be frustrated. Because nothing can frustrate you like praying for a long time and God doesn't answer your prayer. So you hear people say, I have done everything. I have prayed every prayer. It means that they pray, but it's not based on faith. Because the only thing that moves God is his word. Nothing can move God. You can't move God by tears. I've seen people in the Bible who cry, cry, cry. God didn't respond. Hannah was looking for a child. The Bible says he was not eating. His countenance was sad. He was every time until he went to Shiloh and prayed. He came back home. The Bible says Hannah went to eat and drink. And his countenance was no more sad. It means that his attitude has changed. And God said, now you are qualified. It means that tears don't move God. Murmuring don't move God. Complaints don't move God. The only thing that moves God is faith. Once you step into faith, you move him. Somewhere, somehow, you respond to faith. Amen. So Jesus said, Jesus told them, and answered and said unto them, now, they are trying to draw his man to the fact that the tree curses away. Then Jesus said, ha, have faith in God. Have faith in God. How do you need faith? Because I told you that it's the, it's the only currency that bites in from heaven. When you are sick and you go to hospital after the doctor diagnoses your sickness, he writes a prescription for you to go to the pharmacist. Is that correct? So go to the pharmacist and buy this medicine. And then, and then you want to swallow them. It's believed that your sickness will go. Now fine. Doctors do the same thing that probably pastors and staff do. When you go to hospital and doctor give you medicine, he's healing you through your body or your blood and your vein system. Faith heals you through your spirit. Now watch it. Don't clap yet. The difference between the doctor's one and the faith one is that there is a limit to medicine. Now, when medis, medical science cannot solve it, they pronounce death sentence. Hear this very carefully. If medical science don't have solution to the thing, they say you must die. So if they don't have answers to cancer, they pronounce death sentence. But faith does not pronounce death sentence. It means that there is a limit to science, but there's no limit to faith. That is why God said that don't live by medicine, live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Just in case they don't have solution, then they pronounce death sentence. Faith does not, because look at what faith can do. Even after you have died and you are buried for four days, faith can still bring you out. Can I say that again? After you have died and buried for four days, faith can go there. This is what Jesus told Martha at the tomb of Lazarus. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you see the glory of God? It means that faith is in oppression. So that's the difference between science and faith. If you believe in science and you ignore faith, and science cannot solve the problem, they will pronounce your death sentence. So doctors can tell you that you have two days to live. You have one year to live. But faith will never say that. In fact, there is something they call chemotherapy. 
It has side effects, but there's another thing called faith therapy. You will get it when I finish preaching. When you go through faith therapy, do you know that it's a sickness that kills Lazarus? Do you know that Lazarus was sick? If I they send message to Jesus that the one you love is sick. But do you know that when Lazarus rise from the dead, he didn't rise with the sickness? Huh? Because when faith solved the problem, oh my goodness. It doesn't leave anything. I pray that I'm preaching to the right people. And let me tell you something. Faith is the most potent force on earth. Nothing can be compared to that. The reason is that everything you see in the natural came by faith. There is something I have to correct in your mind. Reality is not in the natural. Reality is in the spirit. So the real world is not the world you see here. It's the one you don't see. And that your hot authority do say that I'm glad you asked. The reason is because what you see in the natural came from the spirit. So if the spirit realm created trees and sea and river and skies, then you can imagine what is in the spirit. So hear this. Those of you who don't want to go to heaven, make sure you go because heaven will not be a boring place. At all. It will not be a boring place at all. Because the Bible said God called the things we be not as though they were. So the supernatural created trees. The supernatural created rivers. The supernatural created flowers. In the beginning, God created the heavens, the supernatural. And then he created the earth, the natural. So the natural comes from the supernatural. So every breakthrough you need, it must come from the supernatural. Your husband that you are looking for to marry is in the supernatural. Your financial blessing is in the supernatural. Your, your new car is in the supernatural. Your new house is in the supernatural. It's only manifest in the natural. When do we need in the supernatural? So a kingdom citizen don't prosper in the natural face. That is why in the kingdom you must give before you receive. Because a kid, now if you are in the world, you can do anything. If you are, if you are in the world, you can't you can take what I'm preaching. No, it, it, it will be very difficult for you to be in the world and to listen to what we preach. It will not make sense to you. No. So by that principle, we can walk to Porter City and raise a city for God without any money. Because I know that the money must come from the supernatural. That is why I told you that when Jesus Christ was on earth, he never touched money. Never. Jesus never put money in his pocket. Never. Nobody can give me a scripture where Jesus... In fact, when you want money, for example, you ask people that, does anybody... Somebody came to you and said, do you, do, should we pay tax to Caesar? He said, show me a superscription. If he have one, he could have pulled it out. Jesus never touched money. But even when there's a financial need, you meet it. Look at the way he paid. One day he was there and he met the GRA people. And then they said that you, we check the records, you don't pay tax. Now, naturally, you have to go and work or get something. He told Peter, in order not to offend these people, look at the way faith by things. Take the hook and go to the sea. The first fish you catch, open his mouth. That is a supernatural ATM system. Anyway, you hear the one I finished preaching. I'm not reading it from any book. I'm telling you what is in my spirit. Now, if you don't have faith, you can't work with God. Number one, the guy is sending him is a generational fisherman. Jesus met him at the shore. Since Peter and his grandfather fish, they have never seen a gold in a fish mouth. So when God tells you to do something and you look, you, you, you listen to your mind, you won't do it. 
Because sense does not tell you to go to the sea and catch a fish. How many fishes are in the sea? That means that God knows that if you believe it, it will work. Watch this. Jesus never, he went to wedding and their reception drink is finished. The best thing is to go to Coca-Cola depot and tell them that, please, we need, we need some Fanta and Coke. Jesus said, fetch water into the bottles. If you don't have faith, somebody will stand there and say, please, where, where do you come from? He said, my name is Prophet Jesus. We are not talking about this prophet that has come. I don't know what is wrong with you people. We are doing wedding. Visitors has come. We need drink. You said we should fetch water. They were stupid enough to obey. So do you know something? Faith is foolishness that makes sense later on. When you start, it doesn't make sense. It's foolishness that will make sense later on. But when you start, it doesn't make sense. So when you are walking by faith, eh, people cannot see you as a serious person. When I came to this place and I was talking about city, everybody was watching me. What is this guy looking for? In fact, there was one man who left the church. He went to me. Later, he came back and told me, he told his wife that, how can a man that hear God can miss God like that? The wife said, why? Well, he said, go and see that prophet and a guy. He said he's building a city and he has bypassed Tema and some tomatoes farm. And when we went there, he has put on canopy, he said city. I can't even think about the guy. What a, no, no, I'm, I don't want to follow this guy because the guy has missed God. He came here after one year. He said, huh? Jesus. I pray for you that your spirit man will pick faith. Somebody say faith. I don't care who lay hands on you. We can baptize you with a jungle. God saw you. Sugar cane, water, coconut water without faith. The Bible says it is impossible. So the problem with these generations is that many are trying to please God outside of faith. It will not work. No. When you are sick and the devil attack your body, it's not crying that heal you. No, it's not. Somebody bleeded for 12 years. 12 years. He has never even seen Jesus. He has people gossiping about the miracle Jesus does, and he had it. And he just said, that if this is what they are saying, and it's true, then this man, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be here. He broke through and touched Jesus, and the blood stopped came. When Jesus Christ, that was the first time Jesus Christ complained that virtue has left me. Another word for virtue is power. So you can see the amount of anointing that woman need to clear those demons. The quantum of power. That that woman needs to clear that demons. When he touched Jesus, Jesus for the first time said, mm, virtue has left me. Now this is a man who has anointed without measure. So if you can took the one you feel that the woman took a lot. But Jesus after investigating find out, and the woman tell the story, he said, woman, I didn't anoint you. I didn't baptize you. Thy faith has made you whole. So after this fasting, your faith is what is going to give you a breakthrough. When we give you the mantle of power, it is your faith in the mantle that will release the miraculous signs. We have to teach this generation that. They must come to the place to understand. Because many are praying, but many don't have faith. So if you, if you do that, then you are going to do trial and error. When you see this wave of prayer, then you go there. You see this wave of prayer, you go there. You see this wave of prayer, you go there. Whether God is there or not, you are there.
know, people, as a result of going, going, they've gone to places that they're not supposed to go. I'm not young. I've seen young ladies who have worked to be some of them married, that they went to a place that they, whoever, the prophet or whoever, end up sleeping with them. Now, to go to a place to go for deliverance, and by the time you come back, we have added more demons to you. That's a problem. They can't even handle the guilt. Watch this. And Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. Go to the next verse. Watch this. Then this is the first principle. This one, the first one has to do with faith. The first principle is faith. The second one is no faith. 23 is faith, but 24 is no faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever, are you part of the whosoever? Look at the way Jesus opened it. Huh? He opened it. So if you are interested, come. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, everybody say, say. So if that is the first principle, then faith has to do, faith has something to do with saying. Because the first principle came is that whosoever shall say to this mountain, this is not my message, I'm still giving you introduction. Whosoever shall say, so anybody that claims is walking by faith but doesn't say something, doesn't have faith. <laughs> what should I say? It means I don't say I am sick. Don't say I am broke. Why do I know that? Because somewhere your Bible says, let the weak says. So faith doesn't say what he feels or what his experience. Faith says what he wants. So when I'm sick, I don't want sickness. I want healing. When I'm poor, I don't want poverty. I want prosperity. So when I'm weak, I don't want the weakness. I want strength. So if I'm walking by faith, then let the weak say So God say, I won't give you the strength until you say it. Let the poor says, I am what? Rich. It means that I won't give you the riches. Now, this is what grants you in the kingdom. This is what makes you walk and the devil know that you carry something. It is not Kayeko, Kayoko, Kayoko. No wonder they are attacking your tongues. Because they know that you are not praying in faith. Let me tell you something. At a certain point in your Christian work, you must produce testimonies and miracles that convert other people naturally. Oh no. That means that if all your family people laugh at you for serving the Lord by faith, I said, do you know that nobody in my family can look at me and undermine Jesus? It's not possible. Nobody. I've seen uncle who don't believe in Christ. They believe in Christ because of me. Nobody preach to them. They look at me and say, no, this guy's God is alive. Everything. Because following Christ is not for disgrace. You may start difficult. You may start from the low level. But at a point, you must get to the high level of the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the testimony. Yeah. It's part of the testimony. You must come to the place that God has blessed you. And God blesses you such a way that your, your family, your, your, your environment, the things we see around you, your worst, shows that. Ooh. This thing, we didn't believe in the beginning. This guy has proven it. Because listen, I keep saying it. Nothing commands respect than results. Don't worry about the people who doesn't respect you. Just get results. No. Let's get the results. There's nobody who will see results and undermine it. If you see results, results is results. Somebody went to raise them. She came back with uh, first class. Then you say, you didn't do well. Show me your, your own. 
No, it's there. So at a certain point, you must put, Jesus say, if you are faith, you have to say. So whosoever shall say to this mountain, then he also came at a mountain. It's another word for obstacle. So he said, when you are operating by faith, there will be barriers. There will be opposition. There will be obstacles. There will be hindrances. But the mountain can be moved by what you say. It means that the reason your mountain is there is that it has not heard your voice. Ooh, mountain of sickness, mountain of disease, mountain of poverty. Jesus said, not your pastor, not your husband, not your wife, not your prophet. You shall say. I know you want me to say it for you. But this is the word of God. He said, you have to say. You know, when faith entered my heart and I became intoxicated with faith, when faith entered my spirit, I started shouting about 25 years ago, I cannot be poor. And I was very poor. Hey, there's a poor that the poor calls you poor. You are not there yet. Too. There's a kind of poverty that the poor, when you see poor, you look and say, why are you so poor? <laughs> May you never get to that place of your life. But faith has entered my spirit. I cannot be poor. People were getting offended with my trousers and my shoe. I'm telling you, you can wear green socks here, yellow here. I can never be poor. Because God said when he has to do the faith, blessed are those who have no sin. <laughs> hmm? If some young girls engage their mouth in faith, they have married long time. Long time. I'm getting married next year and no fiancé. <laughs> it's a very simple principle but it produces a lot of power what about if I say it they laugh at me uh -huh. it's part of the equation it means that if you are ready to walk by faith you must be ready for mockery they have to laugh at you let me prove it to you one day Jesus Christ went to a funeral and when he went to the funeral there was a little boy that was laid in state and when Jesus Christ went the people were crying oh I'm afraid hey 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 he said shut up Funeral contractors, all of you, keep quiet. They say, why? He said, the child is not dead, but asleep. Go back. The Bible said they laugh him to scorn. All the people start laughing. Quack, 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 because fake people will never say the negative. Can I say that again? Yes. Fake people will never say the situation the way it is. They went back. You see, you want a miracle. And you think that when you come in, let me tell you something about miracles. And I've seen God does a lot of miracles in my, in my ministry. If God used my faith to give you a miracle, you need your, says, your faith to keep it. So you can go to a crusade ground there and get healed and go home and the sickness will come back. So the faith message is so crucial that you need it for offensive and a defensive. So, you use your faith to attack and you use your faith, let me put this way, you use your faith to get a breakthrough from God and you use your faith to defend what God has given you because Satan will come after it. The devil will come after it. Now listen, some people marry gloriously but today the marriage is no more. It was a blessing, their family background, nobody has ever got married. They didn't have enough capacity to defend the marriage. You can marry and another woman will claim your husband. You can marry and another man will claim your wife. You can marry and the woman, I mean, many people in the Bible didn't defend something, they lost it. 
And I'm going to take you through the Bible. If you've got, God promised you a promised land, you need faith to get there. The reason you need faith is that on the promised land, I'm going to take you there. That's what I want to preach. On the promised land, there are giants. So everybody has a mountain. Everybody has a mountain. And one man of God said, there is no mountain anywhere. Everybody's mountain is their ignorance. So your ignorance of the word of God makes something become a mountain. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So don't just pursue miracle. Have faith to receive the miracle. It's very easy. Amen. It's very, very easy. I am telling you things that have changed your life. You see, a lot of Christians want to be sick and get healed. Or some people are do you know divine health is better than divine healing? Now, divine, divine healing is a level. It means I'm sick. I'm trusting God to heal me. Then you get healed. If you are in divine health, then you don't fall sick at all. So when somebody says, I'm living in divine health, the person has nothing to do with sickness. There is another one you graduate from there. You come to divine nature. That one, you pick it at communion table. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life. And eternal life cannot be sick. So if you pick revelation about what the communion can do with your life, you get to what is called divine nature. What is divine nature? So at Jesus' time, the most contagious disease, the way you are afraid of coronavirus, Jesus' time, it was leprosy. Leprosy is so contagious that when you are leper, they cast you out of the town. But Jesus look at lepers and touch them. It means that there is something in Jesus that the leprosy virus cannot enter. It means that the man is walking in, oh Lord, they are not listening to what I'm preaching. It means that he has what is called divine nature because eternal life cannot be sick. And whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life. Unfortunately for you, your religious pastors has made the communion a ceremonial session. And so once you make it ceremonial, they lose its power. When I take the communion and you take it, the light is not the same. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. I went to a pastor's church, a white man, and I taught communion. And when I finished preaching the message, we were giving communion practically. The wife has a sickness for 20 years. She took the communion instantly. The sickness left his body. Instant. And they were doing it ceremonially until I went to teach them. So tell your neighbor, you have a mountain. Hallelujah. Everybody has a mountain. Jesus said that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. Once you hear doubt, faith is there. Because that's one of the opposite of faith. Shall not doubt in his heart. Now, shall not doubt in the way. Talk to me. That means that faith has something to do with the heart. Okay, what is the heart? Is it this round thing that pump blood? Huh? Something, they say, well, 70 something per second or something. Is that? No, that's not what it. Huh? When the Bible talks about heart, it's talking about your spirit, man. Hello? Hmm? The tripartite nature of man. You, what's your name? So Bernard. This is not Bernard. Bernard is not this flesh. Bernard is inside. Have you seen that when people die, they say, occur, but it's there. If somebody fall down and die right now, they will say that he's gone. But don't you see the body there? It means that this is not Bernard. So let me describe who you are. You are a spirit. 
you have a soul. Your soul and your spirit lives in a body. That is the best way to describe man. So this one is a container. Now hear this. This one is what? A container. When you pick this message here, you can walk out here and the sickness will leave your body. Because let me tell you something about faith. It's very reflective. The Bible says Jesus Christ was preaching and teaching and the presence of God was there to heal. It means that he didn't cast a demon. They heard the word. Look at this word. He said he sent his word and healed them. So sometimes God doesn't send healing. He sent his word. When you take the word, bam, the sickness leaves. Because the word itself is a healer. That is the most potent power on earth. The authority of God's word. The power of your Christian life is not because you see a witch. Yes, we can come and help me. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, faith people. There is an apostle of faith in Britain many years ago. His name is called Smeke Wegesberg. They called him apostle of faith. I think he raised over 40, 40 people from the dead. One day he went to a funeral. Somebody was laid in seat and he raised the person from the dead. Wegesberg, those say when you have breast cancer, they tie, they stitch your hand to this. He saw somebody and pulled the hand. And when he pulled the hand, the cancer left and the breast grow at once. I mean, go and read. If you go to the bush or find the, the book, you will see the miracles of Wakesberg. One day, Wakesberg was, and those didn't have electricity, he was in his room, uh, in his house, and he saw a noise. When you see the way the British people build, normally the bedrooms are at the top, and the hall, the living area is down. So he heard a noise. He was there with his wife alone, and he heard kukru, kukru, kukru. And I see somebody else, ah, honey, who, who, is, uh, who, who, who is there on there? He said, I don't know. There's nobody there. So he took his lamp and went there. When he went there, he saw a dwarf. True story. He saw like an ugly uh, figure sitting there. Can you imagine you? 12 midnight. You hear kukru kukru in your hall. You are the only one there. When you get there, you see a short figure with a long beard. You will even die before he talks. I mean, you just... You <laughs> I mean. Now, Wikisbeck got there, descending the stairs, saw the dwarf and said, <laughs> and went back to the bedroom. And the wife asked him, what is this? I didn't even know it was the devil. Like, I won't waste my time. Have you seen the way the faith people operate? No. The realm in which they walk, they don't have nothing to do with the devil. Faith is the beauty of Christianity. Can I say that again? Write it down. Faith is the beauty of Christianity. Write it down. Faith is the anchor of Christianity. It is the beauty of Christianity. You can jump and shout and go and come and down and kaye, kaye. I've seen some pastors preach, kaye, hey, devil, today you have met your equalizer, they have nothing. No, nothing. Hallelujah. Because it's not, Satan, when you approach the devil, he knows you don't have anything. If you don't have something, he knows. If you have something, he knows. Because he doesn't see through your flesh, he sees through your spirit. One day, the great man of God, Dr. T. L. Osborne, said something. He had a vision, and in a vision, demons, the devil was leading some group of demons in their street. So let's say you are driving in the prophetic drive in Portis and their houses. And they were entering houses from one house to the other. So they go to this house, they enter this house. So Satan was leading them, and some demons passed. They, they, they went ahead of the devil. So they were heading towards some Wakesberg house. And the devil said, hey, don't go there. So their commander told them, that house, don't go there. But the demons were trying, kokura, kokura. He said, hey, 
I say, don't go to the house. Go to the opposite one. <laughs> then the demons, you know, demons are very stubborn. They didn't listen to their commander. True, he wrote it. When they entered the house, three of them, a fire carried them from outside. Longer the devil said, uh -huh, I told you, don't go there. And then the devil himself said, I won't pass there. When you carry something, Satan knows. Don't let this generation make it look like all, all the things fall down and die. Do say die. If you say it and you don't have faith, Satan knows. You might have heard another man of God preach it. The greatest power in this kingdom in walking by faith is your personal revelation. So there are some things. Huh? You can even copy what I do, but if you don't have what is inside me, it will not produce the results. So pick the message of faith. Walk with it. Believe it. I'm going to talk to you about what is called the word of faith. That's what I'm preaching. There's something called the gift of faith. It's supernatural faith. There's something called the, the spirit of faith. Now watch it. The word of faith will teach you. Huh? The gift of faith, it comes when you need it. So you can operate in a certain faith and after you did it, you get surprised about yourself. It means that God endowed you to do it. Are you getting it? There is another one called the spirit of faith. That one, you get it by association. <laughs> so, if I have a spirit of faith, I walk in a certain level of faith. She can become my friend. As he gets close to me, he will naturally pick it. So, the spirit of faith is very infectious. This is what the Bible says. He that walks with wise shall be wise. So, when you go to a church, when they don't preach faith at all, your faith will die. Because... Nobody can blame God about not having faith because he taught you how to get it. God didn't just tell us to walk by faith. He also teaches us how to get faith. He said, the Bible says it comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you refuse to hear the word of God, you, don't, you won't get faith. So don't only pray. Pray and hear the word. Now, let me tell you, contrary to our generation, a lot of people come in the morning, kayobo, kayobo, in the night, kayobo, but there is no word to carry the, the prayer. So faith comes by hearing. Now let me show you the difference between faith and prayer. Huh? So it has to do with your heart. Somebody say heart. Now, shall not doubt in where? There are two places you can doubt. Your heart and your mind. Here, the Bible never says anything about doubt in the mind. It's not important to God. So some of you will say, hey, hmm, I, did, I didn't even believe it all, but it worked. No, it means that the doubt was here. It was not here. If you have doubt in your mind and faith in your heart, the devil can manipulate your mind and say, this thing, it will not work. But faith has already sunk. The breakthrough will come. Once, once your heart pick it, once your heart receive it, once your heart registered it, it's gone. The devil can't do anything about it. Because Satan can get to your body, but he can't get to your heart. Now watch this. When you become born again, it's not your body that gets born again. It's your heart. Hear this. So, shall not doubt in your heart. The only way you won't doubt in your heart is that you have the word in your heart. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. So, listen. It is not... There is nothing wrong with your womb. There is nothing wrong with your sperm count. You don't have faith. If you go to us, the doctor tests your sperm and said you have low sperm count. Do we have high sperm count? No. 
come and you believe it, it means you don't have faith. Because once you believe that message, you have belief, <laughs> fact, but not truth. Oh, man. Can I explain to you? If they say you have low sperm, have you heard them tell somebody has low sperm count before? Say that, sorry. that is a fact, but it's not truth. And the only thing that set free is the truth. Now, what do you mean by what you said? Okay. Once you accept that, your sperm count is low. Then you have accepted that it is sperm that produces children. But that's what the Bible said. The Bible didn't say sperm. The Bible said children are a gift. Am I teaching somebody here today? No. So all these things that you are doing, it's not because God is not answering prayer. You don't have faith for it. So me now, assuming a doctor tell me your sperm count is low, I will just laugh. And I'll tell you that. <laughs> this is your frustrated machine. Who even invented the computer to tell me that? The people who invented the computer, what is your spam count? Okay, now let's go deeper to the message. If you think it's spam that produced children, then what was Abraham, what was the state of Abraham's spam? When he conceived, when he gave birth, <laughs> Jesus. When he impregnated Sarah with Isaac. Now, the final one that will confuse you. Uh, Abraham's sperm, you know, uh, those days, their sperm was strong, fine. If you believe a sperm that produced children, then which sperm produced Jesus? So you see, if you don't pick it by revelation, then you are going to make a mistake. What they are telling you is a fact, but it's not, it's not truth. Facts only rule in the natural. The backbone of life in the spirit is faith. Can I say that again? Facts only rule in the natural. I am not against it. But if you are a child of God, the Bible didn't say live by fact. It said live by what? Faith. So when I was going to marry, they told me your wife doesn't. Look, can you imagine 23 years ago, your wife will not have children? I just smiled. I laugh. I told the prophet, if my wife cannot, if I marry my wife after one year, let's have a child, I won't preach again. I've said this several times. No, the things in my spirit at that time was too strong. Was too strong. Contrary to what you do, everything you catch it. No. Now, what to make Abraham birth Isaac? What to make Abraham birth Isaac? Huh? The, 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 it was a challenge, all right. Sarah's womb was close. We don't know the state of Abraham's sperm count. He even came to menopause. And it's not just menopause, menopause times two. 90 years, many times too. And to make the matter worse, when the God spoke, he said, now that my husband has no pleasure, so Papa Post. <laughs> many plus Papa Post, they don't produce children, but not when the word of God has come. <laughs> so the word will defy every natural cause. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. <laughs> Give me the New Living Translation. We'll come back to this one. I'll just hide this one. And take me there. This is the this is Abraham received a child from God. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. Hey, this happened because Abraham believed 100 years by belief in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. This is what birth Isaac. 
the authority of God's word. So don't just cry and don't be looking at whether your cycle is coming or not. Stand on the way. So if you are trusting God for a child, whether at the end you have menses or not, keep thanking God. Now, there is something you call patient. Hmm? The Bible says, faith worked by patient. Who through faith and patient inherit the promise? Patient does not mean waiting for a long time. Patient means behaving the same way under every circumstance. So if you are, if you are trusting God for a child, and you are expecting that this month you mix your period, and the period comes, it doesn't mean you should be depressed. Once it comes, you are thanking God. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you because why do you do that? We walk by faith and not by what? Sight. We walk by faith and not by feeling. You are not moved by what you see. You are not moved by what you hear. You are not moved by what you perceive. You are moved by what you believe. Or you are moved by what the word of God says. So period or no period, I am going to have a child. Because look at Abraham's attitude. Look at Abraham's attitude. Huh? Go to the next verse, look at his attitude. Look at it. Look at it. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Wow. Believing that he will become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, that is how many descendants you will have. So his faith was based on what God has said, not the feelings of his wife. Go to the next verse and watch this one. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. But what is the demonstration of a faith that is not weakened? If your faith is not getting weakened, how would we know it is there? Huh? Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body. <laughs> and I like the way the King James put it. Because figure, come to the King James and what is. And being not weak in faith, he considered not. So when you are weak, then you are considering. Once you are not considering, that means that your faith is intact. It means that I have, I, have, I have seen my cycle, but that doesn't stop me from getting the child. I am thanking God. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, so he would probably be more than that. About. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So what is the, what is the characteristics of a man whose faith is not weak? We cannot tell because, because a lot of you, you pretend you have faith. But deep down, you don't have it. What are the characteristics of a man whose faith is not weak? It is in the next verse. It is in the next verse. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory. So he get the doctor's report. He said, Father, thank you that you are in charge of all things. He sees his man says, Lord, I know your promises never fail. I know. It means that it's a situation that you must be depressed, but you are giving glory. It's a sign that your faith is not weak. So, a strong faith, thank God before it happens. Hallelujah. Do you know that? It is not one person who touched Jesus. Many people were touching him. So when we come to anointing service, we can lay hands on everybody, but those who pick something are those who have faith. 
In fact, when Jesus said somebody has touched, the disciples got offense. Ah, master, look at the way. They, the people are drunk. It's not just touching. They were pushing you. They, they are trying to even push us all. So everybody touched Jesus. Only one woman touched with faith. So everybody will get the mantle of permanent victory. It's those who have faith that will produce result with the mantle. Now hear this. Some people even get it and go and throw it somewhere. They will, they say, ah, now, last, you know, yesterday I have a notable miracle. Notable. I was sitting there. The person sent me. There was a guy in America. It's my son. I want to do the invasion. And the Lord told me to go to his house and strip there. Which I have never done in my life. Because I hate being a burden to people. But it came, 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 came. And interestingly, we were going to the place to do something. The area. And all hotels and everything, we couldn't get the kind of place we want. So, found the Lord I want you to sleep there. When I went there, there was a deportation on him. Deportation. He has been deported from America. So, I went there and I became restless. So, I prayed, prayed. We stayed there for about three or four days. And we prayed. Somebody even called me and said, ah, you mean Prophet Anna is staying in your house? Because, hey, Charlie, if your life doesn't change, it won't change again. So, I prayed. I prayed. I prayed for him. When I was living, I prayed passionately for him. And then she went to give the letter they sent to him was a 10-page letter for reasons for you not to stay in this country. I even told him, I said, this testimony, you must share it. So then I took it and I laughed, squeezed it and I gave it to him. He gave it to his lawyer, Jewish lawyer. Jewish lawyer said, hmm, I have been in this country and done cases. This one, when he come to this place and he told me, say, my spiritual father, who knows God said, I should go back to the court. So he went back and the court lasted for four hours. The proceedings. The judge will even break and go and come. Questions after questions. And then the judge asked him, when I deport you, how will you fail? He said he couldn't answer. He doesn't even know the answer he gave. The judge looked at him and said, bring your wife. So he went there, brought his wife, questioned his wife too for two hours. And the, wife, the judge said, in your situation, I have never even wrote things like this. But maybe all my sleepless nights yesterday was because of you. I have reversed the deportation. Now watch this. That is not enough. Oh. After that, you are going to face the immigration. Because that is where the battle is. They can come back and say they don't agree with the judge and they can take the case again. So he said, he was going to say, Daddy, pray for me. And I prayed. And I said, may you meet an angel. Now he went there and he told me, yesterday he sent me the thing. The first woman he went, hey, hello, how are you doing? What do you want? You brought your passport and that. Now, the green card, eh, she took his passport and stamped one year green card and said, we are printing your 10 years green card, but just in case you want to travel quick. I've never even heard that one before. He said, just in case you want to travel quick, then pam, get this one here. Then he said, wait for 30 days and we'll print the green card. He said, it was 9 o'clock. He got home 11 o'clock and then he got a text message and sent it to me. Your green card is in the process of printing. But so for watch this. When he was going to do that, the Yanu met him. He said, Daddy, three days ago you were preaching. And you said, 
And you said, three days ago, Osofukam, have you seen this accident? Yes, sir. Have you seen it? Yes, sir. Okay. Have you seen the green card? Let me show you the green card. New card. New card. Read it. New card being processed. So the green card is processed, printed. They wrote it. But watch this. He said you were preaching. I was listening to you. And you said that some of you don't have any mantle in your car. Nothing in your car. And he said something hit him. So the day he was going to the immigration, he went back and took his mantle and tied it inside the car. He said she was crossing a Johnson like this and the car ran. That's just a car ran into his car. Bam! Turned the car like this. The other car gets spoiled. His car never got scratched. Hey. And Zirada got down and went to the people and said, are you okay? Is everything okay? And the guy said, please, don't call the police. I'll be in trouble. And he said, no, if you are fine, I'm fine. And the man said, can I give you 2000 to go and work on it? Because no, nothing wrong in my car. You would rather keep it to work on your car. And he drove off. Oh. And he said, Papa, Immediately I sat in a car, a voice told me, if the mantle was right in your car, they could have killed you. Yes, 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 yes. He said, it has never happened. When you go, they say, do you have your passport? We are working on your visa. I'm going to shoot to it that your green card is printed. Wow. But just in case you need to travel quickly, let me stamp a green card one year in your passport. the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. No. Now, God cannot turn this situation around without a man of God going to stay in his house. Stay what? I was there. I slept there. In the history of my life, I've never done it. Tell you never, have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Now, let's, let, let me go back to my message and, and this and then hit you. If you came here with sickness, disease, after fasting, don't just fast. God is going to heal you by faith. Get it by faith. Say it. I cannot be sick. This is not my person. A baby will suck my breast. Say it. Keep saying it. Say it. I'm getting married. You shall say to this mountain. You shall say. Now, let's, let's go to that. Huh? Be that remover. Be that cousin. Shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. Then, this is the principle that holds faith. The next one he gave is the principle that make prayer work. So, two principles he gave you. The first one, make faith work. The second one, make prayer works. 24 is what make prayer work. So, he spoke the principle that causes faith to work and the principle that causes prayer to work. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, it is called the law of desire. So God will not have a desire for you. Do you desire an airplane? Because I'm not angry. Do you desire Mercedes Benz? I'm not angry. You are jealous of somebody's blessing because you don't have a desire. This principle establishes the fact that God is not angry where you live. If somebody lives in airport hills and you are living in Sodom and Gomorrah, it's your desire. Every dress we are all wearing here is our desire. God is not angry when you live hyper comfortable. This is the word of God. Therefore, I say unto you, this is Jesus, what things soever 
Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, Wow. Wow. <laughs> no. When you buy a plane tomorrow, as long as you will not backslide, God is not angry. When you build a 17-bedroom house, as long as you keep staying with God, it's fine. This is the principle. What is whatever you desire, God is not for you. When you desire, you desire a short woman, marry her. Tall woman, marry her. Don't marry a woman and complain. That is your desire you presented. God stopped choosing a wife for everybody after the Garden of Eden. The first man that blamed God for the wife, he said, eh, I've stopped. Adam told God, the woman you gave me, oh, sir, from now, make a choice and leave it your choice. So he came back to Proverbs and said, he that finds a wife, so now it is that God didn't give it to you. You went to search and you find. Leave it what you find. I'm teaching. Amen. Why have you found something and you are angry with what you found? Huh? So that is your what whatsoever you desire. Many people are not blessed because they have desired nothing. No, there is nothing wrong in living in a two-bedroom house, and after two years, you want to move to four-bedroom. It's your desire. God is not angry. Once you are staying with God, God is fine. Nobody must put you down and let you feel bad for enjoying God's blessings. Hear this, hear this, hear this. Don't wait till you go to heaven before you live in a mansion. You can live heaven on earth. <laughs> Have you seen the way they are not clapping? They are not accepting it, but I'm telling you, it's a word. Jesus said, therefore I say unto you, after you say and say and say and your faith comes alive. Huh? So the same saying will build it. What is whatever? You say, who, uh, uh, you shall say to this mountain. Now, go back to verse number 23 and look at something. Very, very, I say unto you. Let's count in the word say. Very, very, I say unto you. That whosoever shall say, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Huh? Let's start again. I want you to count the word belief and the word say. How many times they appear? So let's start. Count belief and stay and say. Verily, I say unto you. Whosoever shall say to this mountain. Huh? Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what things soever he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. So you must say it four times before you believe it. It's simple. All this one, if you don't have revelation, you can't understand it. So God didn't say they say, say, say. So your mouth must say it before your heart to register it. So if you look at Jesus, he loves to say who he is. Somebody's walking in town, I am the truth. He was not apologetic at all. Hey, I am the way. He said, what, what do you mean? He said, are, are you offended? <laughs> I am the life. <laughs> if I one day he preaches, he said that you have to eat my flesh. It's, it's called cannibalism. They say, what? Today, a Jewish person to eat a human flesh. You have to, and they go and say, ah, are you angry? You have to drink my blood. Then they thought that Jesus was going to say, oh, 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 but I offend you, I'm sorry. He said, ah, please wait. Verily, verily, I say unto you. It's a word, duly, duly, I'm repeating it. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you are dead. 
reason why your life has no changed is that you have not said anything. Huh? I can never have accident. How many times have you heard me say this? Yes, from Bedin Power. I've shouted out to now. Any accident demon that see me will clear. Hallelujah. And some of you say that, say it's more small in case, in case. You know why you don't want to say it? Because in case. I told somebody, I said, the louder you say, the faster it produces. Amen. The louder you say, the faster. Look at the principle. You open your mouth wide and I, God, will fail. So your mouth is closed. God's heaven is closed. Wow, what a principle. What a life of faith. If you, if you follow this principle, practice it, next year by this time, you are not a millionaire. God has not sent you. <laughs> if you keep saying you cannot be sick and you are not working in divine health, God has not Because it's not that God, it's work, it's a word. So this one has to do with the principle of faith. The next one is the principle of prayer. It is a principle that makes prayer work 24. And then Jesus came and said that, Oh, wow. Therefore, therefore, I say, He said, They say has come there because prayer has to do with saying something. What things soever you desire is called the law of desire. It was established by Jesus Christ. What things soever, what kind of dress you want to wear, what, not the one that your body is showing you. And he said, because I, you say every desire I want to wear, then you have wear something, bring it here, you come and meet me. <laughs> what is whatever you desire? Ah! Let me ask you a question. I see two houses. The first one is a long one, one bedroom house. It's about 10. With a veranda. It has a troubles at the corner. I see a miserable co-pot. With Banku, but the Banku was done yesterday, and that is saying is there. Huh? And then there is a small chobos with tomatoes and some small, small animals because they've cut it into two. I also see a house. It's wall. Three cars are parked there. Yeah. There is a dining hall table. There is a hall. Which one do you like? God say all of them are on the table. Even if you start from the first one, don't stay there. It's a very simple thing. It's desire. Have you heard that airport residential area is flooded? I'm going to ask more questions. Have you heard that Airport Hills is flooded? Have you heard that Reggie Manuel is flooded? Have you heard that? <laughs> oh, Shaman, I'm coming to mention your area. It's a choice. One of the greatest statements Jesus made about the poor that hit me so much. I picked this revelation 26 years ago and I begin to hate poverty. That somebody brought a perfume. Instead of spraying it, he cracked it on Jesus' feet. Because principle of perfume is not supposed to be broken. It's supposed to be sprayed. Because you must have one perfume. You can keep it for one year or two years. It depends on your economic uh, inbuilt. Because some of you want to spray a perfume. Quay, quay. You even check and then you check the measure. Okay. 
The woman took a specific, they said the cost of the perfume is one, somebody's one year salary. The Bible says it's equivalent to somebody's one year's wages. So the average person working in Ecobank, huh, his one year salary is the cost of that perfume. And the woman respected Jesus so much that he broke that perfume on his feet. Bam! And the people got angry. If I just said, reason Judas betrayed him. You come from heaven to come and they are breaking perfume. Because Judas is the one that, this, Judas has gone to more to check the price. So Judas complained that this thing could have been sold and the money given to the poor. What is this? Is that the way you are going to live that people break perfume? Wait, I'm coming. She wants to betray him. <laughs> Watch this. But once they were complete, Jesus said, Stop, don't disturb the woman. He has done a good work with me. You, Jesus, is talking about selling and giving to the poor. The poor will always be with you. I said, Huh? So, having acknowledged that those who want to be poor, they help them to be. Keep on celebrating poverty. Don't pay your tithe. Don't give seed. Don't sow into men and women of God's life. And don't follow the principle that brings prosperity. And keep praying. Do you know you can be a prayer warrior and be broke? Yeah. Sure. What is the difference between prayer warriors and givers? Okay. Somebody went to God. The tongues, nobody has ever heard it. And God never came out. Solomon went to the altar of God and sacrificed 1,000 sheep. The Bible said that same night, this is not prayer answer. God knocked at your door and said, Solo, it's me, your father God. Ask me what I should do for you. This is a giver and a prayer warrior. So when givers and prayer warriors are going to God's court, I can hear God telling Gabriel, Gabriel will have mercy, but if it's Michael, he already cut off your head crown with your tongue. Hey, tell that guy with the tongues to wait for me at the back there. Bring the giver in. Now let me say that to validate my point. You can see it from Babylon. When I say Babylon, the worldly system. Look at it. They don't care how much you pray. They don't care how much you dance. They care when you start prospering. The world system is angry when they see a church prospering. Because they know what your prosperity can do. Nobody minds you when you are poor. Check it. If you see every church they are attacking, there is some blessing of God on the church. That means that you, the devil fears your prosperity than your prayer. So the way you don't pay tight, he's happy. Those who are in secret society, they pay their dues. But you don't pay tight. Nobody minds a child that is broke. They mind a child that has prospered. If you're a pastor, as long as you are sitting on a horse, they are fine. They will even, they will even deceive you that you are a humble pastor. So a poor pastor is a humble pastor. What does humility have to do with poverty? For seek and see your humility, what it will do to you. Do you know people have died in the hospital for 20 cities? People have died for 1,500. Put 1,500. Let's take him to theater. There is nobody to pay the money. They died. 
Poverty is a curse. Poverty is a disgrace. Even the devil himself hates poverty. Among the demons that came with the devil, the one the devil doesn't like is poverty. How do I know that? Because he made people rich. So that he can use them for his assignment. No. Hmm. Poverty can let you fornicate. You will sleep with a man. You could see that this is a chimpanzee, but you'll be sleeping with him because he has money. Poverty will let you go out with a man. Your heart don't laugh, but you follow him. I'm not trying to remember your past, but I'm trying to just <laughs> preach the gospel. Poverty will let a young, handsome man, debonair, follow a sugar mommy. He can hide you under his breast. Yeah. A guy, a guy was in a woman. They were chasing him. The woman was so fat, he took him and hide him. When they come look for him, they couldn't find him. That's what it is. Sugar mommy. Do you know what people can do? What's awful? Yeah. Poverty. Most of the sins in the church is poverty. You know this is this man's wife, this man's husband, but you are following him because you are broke. You will never be poor after this particular fasting and prayer. One of the worst things that will happen to you is when you are called by God and you don't have a mentor. Somebody must guide you. Even hairdressing, we don't let it from your home. Even seamstress, you don't let it from your home. So you can't be a minister on your own. You must be an apprentice first. Apprenticeship will lead to proper leadership. Very important. Amen. Poverty, hey, it can make you misbehave. What things soever you desire. In fact, poverty doesn't have desire. And the worst one is a Ghanaian one. Poor and proud. No disaster can be compared to a poor person that is proud. It is when the devil pushes him into corner, he realizes that he is so stupid with his poverty. Hey! You can't fight a rich man. The Bible said, it was written by Solomon. <laughs> He said, there is this evil I've seen under the sun. But let me, let me, let me not read all. He said, hmm. wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, a poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. So it, when you, have, you are wise and you are poor, keep your wisdom. And Solomon validated by saying that there was a great city which was besieged by another big town, a king. A poor man uses wisdom to save the city. Nobody knows what the poor man told the king of that great, uh, uh, what do we call it, country. But whatever the poor man said, the man took his truth and left. But the Bible said, yet no man remembered that poor man. Nevertheless, wisdom is better than strength. But the poor man's wisdom is despised. So when you are poor with that money, that is why Solomon made a mistake. Give me wisdom. God said, I will add riches. Because when I don't add riches, they won't listen to the wisdom. So Solomon thought that when he get the wisdom, it will be fine. God said, no, 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 boy. So later he realized that, oh, wisdom with poverty, it doesn't work. It's like anointing without money. It's equal to annoyance. The most anointed men of God, they don't have money to come on Facebook. The most anointed man of God, you can't see them on television. Because it doesn't take tons to come there. You will not be poor. Amen. If you know what, I read the Bible 
from Genesis to Revelation, and I wrote down the dangers of poverty. What? And I concluded that anybody that wants to be poor, even the devil will hate you. Build your faith. And let your faith make a way for you. It takes faith to pay time. It takes faith to give sacrificial offering. One day I went to church, God told me, take your car and your wife can give it to me and walk home. If you don't have it, you can't do it. Has God changed? When God asked me to give my car, is it a new thing? He called somebody to give his son. So God told Abraham, I don't want all the cattle. Give me Isaac. I want to eat him. And when the man attempted to give Isaac, he swear. <laughs> Amen. I did this about, I don't know how many years, 18 years ago today. Car will never be a prayer point. I will never pray, Lord, please, I'm going to prison. you. Can I get car? No, never. I remember when I gave those two cars, the Lord told me, even if you want to be poor, it's too late. This is where it has landed me. <laughs> One thing God said, I didn't become, I didn't get in it. I'm not a rich man, but my name is not in a poor list. You can put me anywhere you want. I'm not a rich man. But when you go and check the poor people that the devil has listed their name, when the mantle come to you, cancel your name from the poor list. Take your name out. Remove your name from the poor list. And it, it will be one of, the, one of the best favor you can do to yourself. Wow. Now let's end with this one. Agatha. God went to Egypt. Huh? Woman of God. And performed miracles and brought these people from Egypt. And do you know the reason why God hardens Pharaoh's heart? It was part of the equation because if Pharaoh repent quickly, the miracles cannot continue. So sometimes God allowed the enemy to attack you so that he can demonstrate his power. But you don't understand that one. So all of you are praying that your enemy should die. God has a table. He can only prepare it in the presence of your enemies. So if you don't have enemy, you are not qualified for that table. Hey, I'm preaching. Hmm? Now hear this. I want to validate something. So don't pray for your enemies to die. They must live and see what God is about to do with your life. It's important. Christianity goes with that. When you are serving the Lord, at a point, somebody must not like you. If you are here, everybody likes you. You are not a child of God. If you are here and the devil likes you, dear, eh, even hell will not accept you. So if heaven has rejected you, hell has rejected you, where are you going? Now watch this. So they did a lot of miracles. Hey! You read it in the Bible. It's not as easy as you think. Now listen. There is a chain line between this is Goshen, this is Egypt. The Bible said that when you cross from here, there is light. Here is darkness. And the Bible said that kind of darkness, you can touch it. A darkness that you can feel it. So when you touch a darkness, if you attach a wall, that means that no light can penetrate it. But in a thin line, there is light in where the people of God, there is darkness in Egypt. You wake up, the river now that all of them are drinking, eh, where it's traveling to Egypt is blood. But when they get to Goshen, it's water. Miracles! Now, the one that was frightening was that they wake up in a country, every firstborn has died. Firstborn sheep, firstborn goat. The one that shocked me was the firstborn Ekura, died. Every firstborn, God didn't spare animals. He didn't spare cockroach firstborn, died. Atatia firstborn, died. 
And the Bible said, there is no home that there was no cry. One country, every home, there is funeral. So that was the first time nobody went to anybody's funeral. Because everybody has a funeral. First time in history, I'm not coming to a funeral because me to have one. So it was a family funeral time. If you are living with your firstborn alone, then you alone is doing your funeral. Wake up, mass barrier. Everybody, there is no home that somebody didn't die. Because God wanted me to say that if you don't let my firstborn go, I will kill your firstborn. And this is it. The Israelites were watching this thing. Is it Yageni or Fili Fili? Which one? Which one? Yageni. Okay. They were watching things happening. Now, <laughs> the ultimate and the dangerous one. Wow. They go to the Red Sea. They heard horses. The Egyptians has gone to the military camp and brought all the Moaks. The Amokas, fighter jets, following them. Mountain on the left and right, Red Sea. This is the sea God divided. Now, what you see here is Israel. The camera couldn't pick Egypt. So when you are standing here, you see Egypt. But it's nothing near like from here to Cape Coast. Maybe more than. Now, when we are on this boat, eh, sometimes when we are going, we get to the place and the military will say that we can't cross this line because when we cross, we have to get to Egyptian territory. So let's say this is uh, you people are, which one? Egypt, my friend. <laughs> These people are Israel. And every is the head of the Egyptian community here. So this is Egypt. Next time when you come, you go and sit here. Don't sit here. And this is the sea. So all the red carpet is the sea. And the Bible said this sea, eh, God used a wind to pass through the water. Back, 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 pam, a wall on the left, a wall on the right. So the Israelites was the first people to see under the sea. Now let me show you something. A little bit of, uh, is it geography? You see, our area here, we don't have seas. We have ocean. So if you don't go to Israel, you understand the sea. In ocean, when you stand at the ocean, you don't see the other side. Huh? This one is a sea. All the seas we have in the world, they are in the Middle East. So they have the red seas, this one. Now, give me the Sea of Galilee. That is where Jesus' ministry was centered around. It's like a lake, but it has waves. So, this one is the Sea of Galilee. So, you see, this is another side. When you tune the camera to this side, you see another side. So, when it's a sea, there is a land there, a land there. That is why Jesus is saying, let us go to the other side. But when you go and stand in Choco, you understand. Because the ocean doesn't have the other side. So, when you see them, this is the Sea of Galilee. And I just saw the rest. There's another sea there called the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is where they produce all their creams and everything. It has the highest salt content. So you cannot drown in that sea. When you jump into it, it will bring you up. So that sea, we don't swim, we float. So you lie on it, you get on top of it, you can't sink down. That is why no animal can live inside. So all these seas are there. There is another sea called the Mediterranean Sea. That is where Paul has a lot of his problem. If you look, you cross the Mediterranean when he was going to Rome. So the Mediterranean Sea is in Israel. The Red Sea is there, the Dead Sea is there, and the Sea of Galilee. But the one God divided for them is the Red Sea. So that sea is a very beautiful sea. It has a very bluish color. 
And it's very nice. And when you stand there, you see the wonders of God. This water, God parted it into two. Che, 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 che. If the water was just a distance, then do you know that after the sea was divided and the enemies were coming, God lifted the pillar of crown, pillar of fire, and put it between the Egyptians and the Israelites so that they won't cross. The reason is that the crossing was quite long. This one. <laughs> the Israelites were the first people to soar under the sea without a diving machine. You see some, some whales and some, uh, uh, this, this, this ruffian fish, what is his name? Dolphin. Very, very ruffian. Yeah. They were just jumping there. Now the sea was divided. They were going. Watch this. <laughs> if it's our time, cry that the water will close. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because selfie. You can imagine you. Me and you are gone somewhere with all our phones and the water has divided. Everything and coupon. I guess, you know. Okay, try me, try me, try me. I didn't hear my generation. Thank God God will not try it in our time. Selfie. Hallelujah. Ah, somebody showed a picture that was like he wrote it in the 80s. People are drowning in water. You see, somebody has removed his head and dive into the water to see. And he wrote in the 2000s. When somebody died in the water, people are holding their phones. Oh, this is the picture. God divided the water. They passed through it. Now, listen. Listen. You would think that you, me and you, would think that when God keep, work, God keep working miracles, you will believe. It's not the truth. With all this miracle these people saw, they didn't believe. Now, let me give you something to write down before we go. Watch this. So, the Israelites, that was the message actually I wanted to come and preach. <laughs> came to the place. It's called Kadesh Barnea. And when they came there, Moses sent how many spies? Twelve. Go and spy the land and see whether what God said was true. They went there. When they went to the land to say it, they even cut the grapes and all the stuffs in the land. Eh? And then they brought it. That is why it is important for you to go to Israel. This is where the source of Christianity is coming from. Most of the things you read in the Bible, when you go to Israel, you see it practically. What things, whatever you desire, is it wrong that one day God blesses your company with a jet? But it's not your desire. Do you know one day this ministry will own an aircraft? Yeah. When I told people, well, listen, listen, it was in Baden Power when I said I saw a city. How many of you were there? I saw it. It took over 15 years, but today we are there. When we said it, Rain were beating people. And there was no place for people to sit there. I said, I see a city. Like the way you left your hotel room, your, 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 your residence and came here. That's what I saw. I said, I see people leaving the place and coming to church to pray. What I saw. And I said, it. God has brought it to pass. Can I tell you something? I see us flying for crusade. And aircraft loaded with equipment. And we are... So when we go to, let's say, uh, uh, we go to a town like, let's say, we go to a country like Sri Lanka, we will pray, like we come to Ghana, we do crusade in Accra. We do crusade in Takrade, Cape Coast. Uh, all regional capitals, then we come to the Kfana. So we enter one country, seven crusades before we come. We'll get it. No, 
what is the problem? Pop stars, movie stars, Hollywood stars who don't know God are flying jets. Why should princess walk on the ground and servants are sitting on horses? Because we don't have desire. And the reason you don't have desire is that even your tithe, you don't pay. Sacrificial seed, you don't give. If God tells you to give your car, you say, God, eh? Eh? Do you drive car in heaven? You better go and get a boboya. God will not drive a boboya. No. He told me to do it. I did it. I don't know how many cars I've given up to now. I don't know. I cannot remember. You are always looking for who you can get from. Develop the giving mentality. Can I tell you this, girl? Sometimes I literally pray, Lord, who do you want me to bless today? Literally. On my birthday, I ask the Lord, Lord, hey, if it's my birthday, who do you want me to bless? Say, go and bless all the prisoners. As I'm talking, we have dug four boreholes. We have done tanks. We have filled. The Bible says, when the water sack came in, their soul was rejoiced. And I'm going to pray to them because they must come back safe. No. Don't develop a, a receiving mentality. There is more blessings in giving. So pray for the giving grace. Pray. Don't let a week pass without being a blessing to somebody. Ah. One day I was driving, I saw a lady carrying granite. You know the granite that the boy is in the shelf. The Lord spoke to me and said, give her money and take all the granite. Then I remember that even my monkeys like it. So I asked the lady. He came to me. It was in some rubber robbers. I said, how much is all the granite? Uh, nobody. Nobody. And I'm saying, okay. I just said, Mr. Shannon, he's trying to say that he has to mention. I said, no, wait. How much is your loan car? Uh, the loan car, when we buy, we also buy salt. I said, okay. <laughs> you tell me how much is your loan car. He said, the loan car was something. Did he say 20 CDs or something? I've forgotten what he said. And then he said, so I said, how many loan car? You say, okay, this one, it was two loan car, but I'll, uh, it's about one and a half. And I'm so, so the loan car is 20. How much is the salt? So when I calculate, I say, okay. I say, good. So I count 1,000 Ghana cities. And I say, Paul, all of them. Now, do you know, that is why I saw the dangers of poverty. When I gave her the money, she almost got hit by a car. Because she was still chasing me. The car, please, I said, the car is coming. Believe him, man. And I took it and I left. Because God told me to do it. In fact, when I took the money, I just took it and I gave it to her. Because God told me, he said, give her a rest. I told her, I said, go home. God told Abraham, I will bless you that you will become a blessing. Don't just receive. Make sure somebody prayed for you. Now, do you know something? When they were doing the borehole, yesterday they brought me a message that when they were doing the borehole, eh, the prisoners has a fellowship. And so it's the fellowship people that listening to me and then they came out with an email, Papa, can you come one day? They sent it many years, but I've never because those places you have to be led by the spirit to go because of the spirit of the people there. So it's not every day you just wake up and go there. Now watch it. He said that when the water start coming, they saw them pray. Say, let's pray for the Porter City family. Mm. Now listen, it means a lot for a prisoner to pray for you. The orphanage that we want to build for them, every day the children pray for us. And those prayers can be more than the prayer of a bishop. Because listen to this girl. Anyone who gives to the poor has learned to the Lord. 
So when you give to the poor, you have lent to the Lord and God will pay you back. That's what I'm telling you. That don't let this fasting end. With that because not only the prison, we, are also, we have also adopted some orphanages that we are going to give them things. <laughs> I've done crazy things. <laughs> when I took my wife Kaki, he thought he was working in a bank. And he thought I was going to maybe take something in the car. Say, can I have your khaki? I was going to give it to the Lord. So after church, okay, let's get a taxi home because we can't walk. And we went to all the two cars, BMW, Mercedes Benz, gone to the water. My father at that time said, no, 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 please. You give your own, your wife. I said, Papa, nobody take it to the altar and take it back. It's only one church I went there. Somebody came to give offering and took change. She came there. <laughs> he came to give an offering. <laughs> when he dropped his offering, then he said, on his way, he realized that it's level 50. Then he took it. He showed it. <laughs> and then he went. Hi! What Jane says, Sam, I know you and Yamiho. When the devil wants to grant you in poverty, he knows how to do it. Listen, nobody, everybody can give. God loves a cheerful giver. The difference between giving and sacrifice is that a sacrifice is anything that is not convenient to give. So when you give a sacrifice, it will cost you. And if it doesn't, if it costs you nothing, let me put it in a better way. If he means nothing to you, it will mean nothing to God. So the Abraham, the Isaac guy that has gone on the altar that the father is going to cut his head, he means everything to Abraham. So that sacrifice means everything to God. So he made God swear. If you want your finances to change, enter the realm of sacrifice. But that one, you must pray for grace to do it. Everybody can give, but there's a grace to sacrifice. That is why you can take your house and give it to God. You can take a car and give it to God. And it may God swear. I see all men of God in the world who are walking in some level of prosperity. Every one of them has a testimony of something they sacrifice. Everyone. Every one of them. Sacrifice. <laughs> can you imagine this ministry for first one year? We didn't even take a checkbook. Salvation, I mean, it was a crowd. Yeah. Sacrificial offering, tight, special giving. Everything was going to bank, tap it. Nobody gets a salary. One year after, so accumulated for one year, the Lord said, take all and give it to one church. That was our first fruit for this ministry. We don't engage in any tricks. No gimmicks. Nothing. Pure adventure of faith. Sometimes quietly. Now, for instance, every income that comes here, there is a 10% that goes there. It's called, what do they call it? It's called tight of tight account. So income, once it comes, they take it from the source, the account people. And that one, nobody, it's the only account that I, I know, but that one, I determine where it goes. So it goes direct into that account. They, they count the money, okay, 10%, let it go there. The rest you can do it, that one nobody touches. And so where a man of God is going to do crusade, we sign it to support the crusade. So there is a reason we didn't take any loan to do what, we are not owing anybody up to now. Up to today, we have, we never, we have not taken one loan on this ground. And we will never take one. Yeah. Now if you don't take one from the beginning, how that we are going to take for what? 
Now somebody come to me and say that, Prof, oh, so you mean you are debt free? I'm saying, no, it's a mistake. You are you're supposed to be an Englishman, speak better English. You have to be borrowed to be free. We never borrow, so we are not debt free. If you borrow and you pay, then you become debt free. If you don't borrow, can you say you are debt free? No. No once. There's no bank that can, can say that they came to agree with us. No. Banks has come here and offer me. Prof, we can offer you this. I say, oh. <laughs> I say, God has not told me that he's short of money. Everything is fine. You don't need it. <laughs> One bank came to and told me, we can, we can offer you this. We, I remember when baby Jubilee terminal, some bank came and said, they came to pack a car. Prof, the way you have saved with us, please, we can give you an offer. <laughs> I told them, I said, you, you want to lend money to God? <laughs> If I, if, I told her, I said, if I borrow money from your bank, the bank has collapsed. Mm. If I come to borrow money from your bank and the bank doesn't collapse, God didn't call me. Most of the bank that collapsed, they lend money to somebody they shouldn't lend to. Yeah. Hearing the voice of God. Now, that was my heart from the beginning. When we got the brand, I was sitting in my room in a long fast. Lord, okay, now the land has come. How do we borrow money to pay? Show me the bank. I, I, I put three banks there. One pastor called me and said, Prof, there is a particular bank. They have a special package for churches. I said, uh-huh. The Lord has made a choice for himself. <laughs> and that bank was among the three. And I didn't know which one to do. When the pastor called me, I said, hey, praise God. My Lord has the Lord said, put that thing out and go and sleep. And we have not dig any foundation. We have just paid for a portion of the land. This is what God told me. What you are going to build, if you borrow money, you won't have peace. Because it's to attract envyness. So how are we going to build this? He believed me to build. And he added this one. I never borrow money to build the earth. Okay, oh. Bring cement. Bring. One day I said people should bring blocks. They bought blocks from here to Tema. We bought blocks so much that people start opening block factory. Their faith was very strong. Very strong. Very strong. All things are possible to him that believe. All things are possible to me. The faith and prayer to believe it. Can't you see the evidence here? No. This is not something that is something somebody, it's not a make-believe sister. It's there. If you don't believe, it's your own thing. That's your own problem. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if you don't believe me, believe the works. Don't just every time you are bringing your hair, anointing me and that. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. You need it. Walk by faith. If I say I want to build a house to live in, do you think I'll struggle to build a five-bedroom house? Ah. When we step into Portes, tap into the grace for building. It's not just the work. Can you imagine everything on this ground is seven years? Everything on this ground is seven years. We celebrate 7th anniversary, 24th of March. Road, infrastructure, seven years. The pace and the speed. Supernatural hand. No begging, no borrowing, no sleepless night. Hyper comfortable. We are wearing kambu and building. Nobody is under pressure. Factories for producing water. FM stations. 
Accommodation. Stand to your feet. God will surprise you after this fasting. Believe it. God bless you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the message. For further inquiries, contact Belt Prayer Center, P.O. Box, GP21421, Accra. Telephone, plus 233-274-009933 or plus 233-242-472655. Email us on info at portercity.com or visit our website, www.portercity.com. Location, Plot 16, Mutual Road, Pram Pram, Greater Accra, Ghana.